Hi, and welcome to the Your Good News podcast with me, Catherine Getty. It's easy to believe the news around us that the world is dark and the future is the same. But what if we chose something different? What if we chose to find the good news in each day? This podcast is a collection of interviews with friends, mentors, colleagues on their good news. From business to health to politics and everything in between, it's my hope that you leave with a boost and find your good news. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. This week, I am so excited to shine a light on a group that is doing really amazing work, creating so much good. So by way of backstory, I found out about Girls on the Run during COVID, thanks to my dear friends, Victoria and Shayna. And Girls on the Run is a program with a stated goal of creating a world where every girl knows and activates her limitless potential and is free to boldly pursue her dreams. So what does this mean? How does it show up? So there are two different programs, which I delve into with Rachel, talks about tangible skills for these young women, and it has paid dividends for so many of them. And it's really fun to get to delve into this a little bit more in the episode. We go through how, in particular, the DC chapter, which is the one I'm most familiar with, aims to help these young women. And it's really my hope that this interview reminds you of an amazing organization. May it be Girls on the Run in your local area or something else that calls you and you can get involved with and spread some more good. So without further ado, my interview with Rachel of Girls on the Run DC. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. I am so excited to get to shine a light on an organization that I found during the pandemic, Girls on the Run DC. I first learned about Girls on the Run from the New York chapter um, when there was a virtual 5K happening, and I started to learn more about the organization that had a stated goal of supporting girls socially, emotionally, and physically. Girls on the Run has helped over 21,000 lives since 2006, so there are lots of ripple effects, and I am just so excited to delve into it today and shine a light on something that's so good. Before we dive into it, I always like to start, Rachel. Welcome. What's your good news? Thanks so much for having me, Catherine. So excited to be here. Uh, so I am the program director with Girls on the Run DC. And my good news would have to be that we are entering year 16 since our founding, like you shared, and have served over 20,000 girls in that time. So we're really excited for our spring 2022 season and just that opportunity to serve even more girls at a time when they can really use that structure and programs. I can't wait to talk more about this program. I felt, I just really fell in love with the program of like, like I said, socially, emotionally, and physically, and thinking about it, not from one kind of sphere alone. I know in my like personal experience, that's something that kind of transformed my life to have people that supported me. So let's set the foundation. Girls on the Run has two different programs, grades three through five and six through eight. What happens in a Girls on the Run program? Give us the lay of the land. Yeah. So Girls on the Run is a physical activity-based positive youth development program that inspires those third through eighth grade girls to be joyful, healthy, and confident using a fun experience-based curriculum that creatively integrates running. So our program is split into those two age groups that you mentioned to be more tailored to the unique experiences of each. And so a little bit more about that. So Girls on the Run is what we call our third through fifth grade program. And that 
supports girls in gaining a better understanding of who they are, understanding the importance of teamwork, healthy relationships, recognizing how they can positively connect with and shape their communities. So some of those curriculum themes in that age group are kind of around what's that positive self-talk, understanding emotions, standing up for yourself, for others. And then on the flip side, that heart and soul program is that sixth through eighth grade age group. And that's addressing the whole girl. So body, brain, art, spirit, and social connection. And so this is focused more on kind of those developing those critical life skills, like team building, developing a support system, boundary setting, which oh. to me, yeah. <laughs> I'm still working on I'm so I'm still working on it. <laughs> right? Aren't we all? Um, just kind of decision making, positively impacting others, asking for help and also giving help. So we really think it encompasses all those different areas and just helps them in life. You know, I had snippets of it, maybe the social help, or maybe I had the physical when I was in dance, but a program like this, it helps young women support kind of all of it together. I think to the point of the positive self-talk, that's ripple effects that I'm sure you've seen in the women. Have you had women that have gone through the entire program and kind of what does that look like for them at the end of it and how have you kind of seen them change? Yeah, absolutely. So we're really lucky we have trained volunteer coaches that use the curriculum to teach these lessons. So within a practice itself, they are having dynamic discussions, activities, running games, and to develop those life skills, including the self-talk, like you mentioned. And then there's also that community impact project uh, that's part of the curriculum where girls decide how they would like to show up in their communities through a service project. And so for girls, we do have girls that have done our program third through eighth grade, both seasons and have then gone on to, they want to be a junior coach. They want to help mentor girls go through the program. They become coaches themselves. They become alumni as part of our organization. And then just hearing about the different things that they are able to do later in life that they can tie directly back to a lesson that they learned through the curriculum is always so inspiring. It's it's inspiring because I think it's something I'll I'll speak from personal experience. I don't think I always had the most confidence growing up. And so to have something where it's like you're getting to it sounds like you're getting to their live experiencing, okay, how to run and do these girls have to come in with an understanding of how to run, or is that something that's also incorporated in the curriculum? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. So running absolutely not a necessity. Uh so our program at Girls on the Run DC, it's all about doing your personal best. So each season culminates in our celebratory, non-competitive uh, 5K, where girls, they walk, they run, they skip, even dance their way to the finish line. <laughs> and so over the course of the season, girls are setting lap goals at practice. They engage in a practice 5K with their team, and they're actively taking steps towards achieving this 5K goal. And this gives each girl that sense of accomplishment and also a tangible achievement yeah. at the end of the season where they can go forward, feel empowered to set new personal goals and just continue on and on as they go through life. And then on kind of like the flip side with our volunteer coaches, it's the same deal. So if anyone who's interested in being a coach, you know, running experience is needed, just a passion for making a difference in girls' lives. 
I mean, I think it's it's powerful because you can imagine like on both sides, like we've been talking a lot about the women that are the young women that are a part of the program, but I bet there's also a similar impact for the people that are helping to volunteer. And as someone who's also learning to run <laughs> and setting those, <laughs> those mini goals, it sounds like, I think it's positive that it's only, it's like a personal best. It's not, gosh, I'm having flashbacks to the presidential fitness challenge. I don't know if anyone else is triggered by it um, <laughs> and running a mile and then having to go to math class. I'm like, I I don't, this isn't, we're not doing this. So it sounds really powerful that they're able to kind of set their own goals and what what does that goal look like for them? Are there other components of the goal setting for them that they're taught through the process or is it really focused just kind of on the physical? I know you mentioned the community impact project. So we really want it to be also tailored to the individual. So over the course of the lesson, they get what's called a goater goal. So at the end of each lesson, there's a wrap up and they are tasked with, okay, you are going to go out and you are going to say three positive things to three different people based on what you're observing and just kind of the that positive talk is one example. And so they then take that and they are able to do and execute that in the way that makes sense for their environment. Uh, So they are given little mini goals, I would say, over the course of each lesson. And then they build upon each skill. And then they have this community impact project where as a team, they're deciding together. So decision-making, working as a team, they come up with the idea of what they would like to do themselves and then devise, okay, what materials do we need to do this and how to execute it? And then they go forth and do it. Oh my gosh, this is, I'm falling more in love with this program. I'm sure all the listeners are as well, because I think that those many, the many goals of saying three positive things, maybe that, maybe that it's to yourself, maybe that's in strangers that you see. Like those are like things that people can take away listening that are like, okay, I can do a little mini goal of putting some positive into, into the world. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more on, you know, the scholarship dismantles some of those barriers and provides access for all girls. Can you share a little bit more on how you'll kind of take down those barriers and help make sure that there is, you know, access to this program for as many girls that want to participate? Yeah. And this is something that drew me personally to the work that Girls on the Run DC does. So our scholarship program ensures all girls have access to the program regardless of their family's ability to pay. So pre-pandemic, about three quarters, roughly 73% of the girls that we served received financial assistance to participate in the program. We know that families have experienced a multitude of challenges related to the pandemic and kids are actively trying to process it. So we see our program as a crucial part of helping girls navigate this unprecedented time and giving them the tools that they can use throughout their lives. We also recognize that program cost isn't the only barrier a participant or family may face. So we also have other programs like our shoe scholarship program. Um, That's where any girl receiving scholarship is eligible for a new pair of running shoes. And then we also have other active wear like sports bras available, depending on what the needs of that participant is. That is very inspiring. Are there ways that folks can get involved that they want to support Girls on the Run 
DC, like while we're talking about some of these scholarship opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Depending on, you know, what is the best fit for each person, you can see on our website how you can become involved as a volunteer, a donor, a fundraiser. So we have volunteer opportunities that range from in-person to at-home virtual, depending on your level of comfort, and also one-time opportunities to season-long involvement. And also on social media, we can be found, depending on your favorite platform, uh, Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) Twitter, and LinkedIn. (laughs) I mean, y'all are everywhere. And I think the thing that I've really fallen in love with is not only there's a DC chapter and a New York chapter, but there's chapters across the country. This is an organization that wherever you're listening, I'm sure there's a Girls on the Run if you want to get involved and help out because I think it's just, it's really inspiring. And I think it's a great way for people to think about, okay, how can I like help support the next generation that is going through things that I can't imagine being a child and going through what's happening right now with the pandemic. Um, So it sounds really it's really inspiring. And I'll also say if you, yeah, you're someone that has a young girl in your life that you'd like to get involved as a participant here in DC, our spring uh, season registration is opening February 7th. You can check out our website again for the locations where we'll have spring teams. You can also reach out to us um, at info at goterdc.org if you want to learn more information. Yes, everyone get their young girls and involved because it's an amazing organization. Have you seen, you know, with the virtual change, have you seen a lot of people taking those virtual options? Do you think you'll continue to kind of have a hybrid? How does that look for y'all? That's a great question. And what's really great about being local to DC is we get to work with all of our partners one-on-one and really tailored to what is going to work for them. So if we're working with a school or a different school district, what does that look like versus one surprising thing that came out of the pandemic were these community teams. So working within a neighborhood pod, for example, at a local public park was something that was, oh, why haven't we been doing this all along? Um, So we're really excited to still continue more of those like neighborhood pods, public park areas, but that it's also open to girls in that neighborhood. So that one thing that I feel that myself, I don't do as great a job is getting to know my neighbors or even knowing who I'm living around. So how can these community teams help just foster that sense of community, getting to know your neighbors around you and just who are those other people that maybe you're not interacting with them at school, but it's this other support group that you can have through the people you live around. I think that's such an important point because I think it's so easy, especially in DC. And especially like now when we have like, we're connected to people, connected, I do air quotes to people. Um, It's easy to just go into your apartment and not talk to anybody else. And I like say hi to people and people are like, why are you talking to me? It is not stranger danger. I'm just trying to be nice. But I think that that... It sounds like it's a great way to get to know your neighbors and get involved and be supportive. And to your question of kind of what we're doing, thinking of the pandemic, what is the safest way for people to gather together? Is it virtual? Is it in person? We are constantly evaluating that. So we do have our program is set up right now um, for in-person that can transition to virtual if the need should arise. And we saw a lot of success with this Um, back in spring of 2020. The stay-at-home order from Mayor Bowser came out two weeks into the spring season. So there were 
950 girls enrolled in the program across all eight wards of DC. And it was like, okay, what, what happens now? How do we have to pivot? So exactly. So it was a very quick um, pivot (laughs) and transition to that online and virtual setting. And we wanted to make sure that the crucial themes and the different activities and movements were still incorporated and how can that be done virtually? Because it's a totally different platform. And so we're really thankful for all of our coaches, our families, all of our participants. Uh, We were able to have this program was called Goder at Home, where it was completely virtual. So they met in a team setting virtually, where they were still able to go over the lesson, connect as a group, and then do some movement and activity. But then they also were given a activity to complete on their own, a workout. So that can be done in and around their house. So we're able to take all those really great building blocks from when it was necessary to be completely virtual to now kind of have yeah. the the hybrid version we have now and we'll move forward with. I mean, you think about like 2020, I feel like the word of the year was like pivot. Like we had, we had to be like, okay, now do everything online now. Everyone trying to figure <laughs> out how to be a technology wizard. I am two years in, still don't know how to do a lot of technology. I still talk on mute. I know many people do as well. But I think that's amazing that you're able to like the themes of Girls on the Run and like setting women up for social, emotional, and physical success through this program didn't lose the heart of it. You were able to kind of take it and and run and run with it. Pun, pun not intended, <laughs> but I guess now intended. Um, so I hope that people like think about that of like, how can you get involved with maybe Girls on the Run or another organization and still support them even when we have to be apart sometimes. Absolutely. You know, we've talked about the program itself, um, functionally, how people can help support it, the scholarship aspects of it, what it looks like for this year, knock on wood, um, and what it will continue to be. But Rachel, I just want to thank you so much. I'm so excited that people get to learn a little bit more about Girls on the Run DC, all the amazing things that you're doing and how you are impacting so many people's lives. So with that, is there anything else you want to you want to take us home? Yeah, I just wanted to thank you again for having us, just being able to to share what we're doing. Um, I did have two final plugs, if you don't mind. Yeah. So just wanted to Absolutely. share. Absolutely. <laughs> for our spring 5k event, we're actively planning towards this. Um, but for any folks that are interested in getting involved as an event volunteer, for example, as a community participant that's in our 5k race, or even as a running buddy that's alongside one of our amazing girls on our website, we'll be posting all the updates and sharing over social media. So check us out there uh, if you'd like to be a part of that. And then For any listeners that uh, are kind of the adult athletes and are considering joining different races, whether here in the D.C. area or elsewhere, uh, we have a peer-to-peer fundraising program. It's called Soulmates, Soul as in the sole of your shoe, S-O-L-E. So that's where if you're registering for a race that you're going to be a part of, let us know. Uh, This could be any event, anytime, anywhere. Uh, You can register as a soulmate to begin outreach with your own personalized fundraising page and help girls on the run DC reach even more girls. I will absolutely do this personally. Um, this is amazing. And the 5k in the spring, do you have a date on that yet? Or it's going to be early June. 
Okay. Awesome. We'll put that in there. And then whenever it's getting close, I'll also post about it. But Rachel, I can't thank you enough for all that you're doing in the DC community for joining today. Um, So much, so much good. My heart is very full. Thank you. Thank you for having me and letting us talk about the program. I am beyond grateful for the lessons of Rachel, of Girls on the Run DC, of all the things that they are doing to build up strong women. And I hope this conversation got your brain moving and heart open to help your community and create even more good. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode or what you'd like to hear. And as always, I share more about myself and the podcast on my Instagram at Catherine Getty. And tune in next week for another episode of the Your Good News podcast.